Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Welcome back to the live Stan Major program. That is, if you're not listening to us over the weekend. If you're listening to us over the weekend, it is not live, so do not call, okay? 1-800-878-8255. And welcome to the folks in Medford, Oregon, and in Naples, Florida, and anybody else who happens to join us at this time. Well, we found out that that station is in Grove, Oklahoma, by the way, that mysterious station. Happy to have those folks with us, too. Happy to have the folks in uh, uh, Lawton, Oklahoma, and in Wichita Falls with us, and wherever you may be. The people in Seattle have now seen the Dan Rather 48 Hours program on the Kennedy assassination, so they will be able to assess it and call us and tell us what they think. All right. At our toll-free number. Uh, Butch is in St. Petersburg. How you doing, Butch? How are you doing tonight, Stan? I'm doing great. Hey, um, you know, I about the um, uh, Dan Rather thing, uh, I went into that because I've, I've been listening to you, and I made it a point to watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I made it a point to watch it. And, you know, I get it's really funny. It's like if Dr. Jonas saw, you know, the only thing we knew about polio was what he had said. And then we just showed that video and nothing else. And that's kind of how I came out of this thing. And it seemed like it was just a 45-minute build-up to pounce on Oliver Stone. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what I got out of that. Also, someone mentioned a movie before. I like to mention a movie. you remember Three Days of the Condor? Do I remember it? That and Day of the Jackal are two of my favorite movies. Okay. Three Days of the Condor, if you remember, Robert Redford was a reader for like a CIA organization type of thing. He went out to lunch or something, came back, and... Someone had, you know, killed everybody in the thing, and he was trying to get called back, you know, have, you know, get back to the CIA or wherever he was supposed to go, and Cliff Robertson was the top guy. Yeah. And every time he was about to surrender, somebody was going to get him. Now, going all the way to the other picture, if you remember, uh, Cliff, uh, Cliff Robertson was saying things like, um, at the, you know, at this organization, we uh, play games. What if, who, what, if this happened, if somebody took over New York, whatever. Right. And we play all these games. Right. And, and they point out that there was a renegade organization within the organization that did it, which goes what you were talking about in your other hour there. Right. You know? Absolutely. You know? And uh, that's what I always thought of. And it's the same thing with the Warren Commission. You know, I, you know, I, you know, I don't believe all these men are, you know, have something to hide or anything like that. But if I went to New York on vacation, if I went to California on vacation, if I went to Hawaii on vacation, gave you all the information, okay, but didn't give you the information on on my visit to Texas, you know, and I told you, stand to me a favor, write a book about my vacation, and I don't give you all the information, there's going to be a lot of stuff missing. The man who guided Earl Warren to his conclusion was Alan Dulles. So what does that tell you? Yep, that's right. Oh, by the way, um, Bob Costas um, the, uh, is doing an hour with uh, Oliver Stone. He started it tonight. And the first hour he's talking about his uh, half hour is talking about his sensitivity and stuff like that. He's not even going to touch JFK until tomorrow. So I, you know, I just uh, okay. <laughs> so I throw that in. I think Jim Mars was on the Today Show. Yeah, uh, he's all everywhere. Yeah, he's all over the place. I can't. Uh, he just got back from England, and I'm not even going to bother him for a while. 
Yeah, but you know, it, it's uh, what you said. I, I was really surprised about the Dan Rather thing because I, I thought, well, maybe you know, CBS did dig up something new, and maybe you know, you know, you know. They... Well, I I have witnessed every every CBS program dealing with the Kennedy assassination. Okay, it started out with Cronkite. It was taken over by Dan Rather. I've witnessed every one of them, and i got to tell you that every one of them up to tonight has been a total whitewash to try to back up the magic bullet theory of the Warren Commission report. Tonight, they had to back off <clears throat> because they realized their, credit, their whole credibility is in question now, okay? So that's why you saw a fairly balanced presentation tonight. That is as balanced as Dan Rather and CBS will ever get with regard to the... Uh, uh, the Kennedy assassination. Well, uh, that thing where they show the, um, you know, this thing going down a track, you know, and they're trying to get the three rounds off, yeah. whatever, and things like that. What they didn't show, you know, what they didn't show you, if you flip back to the film or flip back, I mean, the original footage and things like that, there were trees and things like that, but there was nothing obstructing the view of that thing. Although that whole thing is ridiculous because it wasn't the rifle that was used. Nobody ever used that rifle, to my knowledge, to try to... Uh, uh, get those shots off and with with uh, accuracy to try to prove that the Warren Commission was correct. I, I I think you know someone will come forward you know along the lines and clarify this. Um, you know you know Ted came out recently and said you know yeah uh, and said you know, release the film you know release release the files yeah. That. All right, I'll, I've got to take a break here. Thank you, Butch. Good to hear from you. We'll be back with Buck and Dick and you and me and everybody. Quarter after the hour, wherever you may be, the Stan Major program is in progress, and let's go to Buck in Seattle. How you doing, Buck? This is Aaron Burr returning from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Okay, I knew you'd get the name in. I know, I know. Well, it's his birthday today. Oh, it you, is. I promised you I'd call you on his birthday, right? Oh. Well, it isn't quite here because it's only 11:16 where we are, but it will be at midnight. It will be his birthday. Now, you're going to call me tomorrow and say it's his birthday again tomorrow? It, it was. <laughs> it was his birthday yesterday. No, I won't do that. But I just thought I'd let you know. It's a stellar day for us. Sure, I understand that, Bob. But you know, uh, this Kennedy thing. Well, you know, of, of course, it's just like Burr. He didn't shoot Alexander Hamilton at all. You see, that's that's a conspiracy. And there was uh, somebody else standing on the grassy knoll that that Hawking and all that. See. But anyway, <laughs> did they have a CIA back then? Uh, indeed, they did, and he was a member of it. He was the first CIA member, you know. He, he uh, Jefferson wanted him to go down there and become emperor so he could then turn the government over to the United States and we'd own Mexico. And, uh, Boy, Jefferson was so smart, huh? He was a smart guy, and yeah. they got together in Palo Alto, and he was going to be a CIA agent. But, uh, you know, on this, on this Kennedy thing, uh, uh, I, you know, there's a gal named, uh, uh, she was when she was alive, named Mae Brussel. Yeah. You familiar with her? I've had her on my show. Oh, boy, I tell you, I used to listen to her in Carmel, and she converted me. She, uh, so what you're saying is exactly what she said. Oh, yeah. Oh, dynamite. Good stuff. And May was one of the original researchers, and uh, a, lot of the re a lot of the people who are looking and saying now owe a great debt of uh, appreciation to May Brussel for opening their eyes many, many years ago. She was a marvelous lady, and yep. I, of course, I couldn't always keep up with her. She would do a radio stint uh, solo 
on uh, a local radio station down there and then ship her uh, tapes around to various parts of the country. Yeah. She was out of KUSP down there in, in uh, Pacific Grove. Mm -hmm. And I would listen to her, and, and she just would go, wow, 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 from one thing to the next. And it was a little hard to follow her because she knew where she was going. And, and, and boy, you really had to, to keep the program alive. When did she... Uh, because it was a, a clip, clip, clip. When did she, she die? Knew what she was talking about. Buck, when did she die? Uh, it had to be, let's see, I'd say 80, when was I down there, 87 maybe or so, uh -huh. about a year after I left down there. You okay. Know. God, she was a beautiful lady. She just, and she did a, such a marvelous thing, and she was out there all by herself. She had this research library in her home. Yep. She had some bucks, uh, not a lot, but enough to, you know, make it by and, and, and live a, a comfortable life. Yeah. I remember one night I had I had her on the phone and Ken Jones and somebody else all conferenced at the same time. Oh boy, mm. boy, I'd like to have heard that. Yeah, but she is dynamite, and and I don't know what happened to her research, where her documents are, or whatever. And I wondered, I she died fairly young. It was of cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she was an old lady. Yeah. But uh, I don't know whether there's anything going on. Well, try it. next time I have Jim Mars on, try to get in and, and mention May Brussel, and uh, we'll see if that research ended up in anybody's hands. Well, she is, uh, like Aaron Burr, she is one of my heroes. Okay, <laughs> Buck. Dynamite. Well, you have a good night, and happy birthday to everybody, including Ronald Reagan, who also celebrates his birthday today. Okay. All right. Thank Bye -bye you. Bye-bye now. So they gave, the house gave Ronnie Reagan a real birthday present today, huh? <laughs> uh, you know what Reagan's going to say, don't you, folks? Uh, gee, uh, uh, what campaign? Was I running for president when the hostages were were held in Iran? I don't remember that. Nancy, do you remember that? Going to have a sudden memory loss there, folks. Uh, Dick is in Seattle. How you doing, Dick? tonight. I'd really appreciate your telling me about 48 hours. Now I don't have to buy fertilizer for my yard this year. <laughs> oh, I wasn't that bad, Dick. No, not as bad as some I've seen. To think. I mean, their credibility is in question. They've got to clean up their act a little bit. Yeah. Well, what I'd like to do is throw two more conspiracies in at you. But first, let me tell you that I was in Japan at the time of the assassination in NHK for about the first two hours after they got the news, ran over and over a clip of a pan up onto that grassy knoll. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy holding a long, pointy object, and smoke come out, came out of it. He tucked it under his trench coat and ran back up the hill away from that barricade. And I'll never forget that scene. Now, if he was in the book dep uh, depository, uh, <laughs> he could teleport faster than most people. Well, do you think they still have that uh, piece of film? I don't know, because about two hours after they, they started announcing the, the assassination, they stopped running that particular clip, hmm. and I never saw it again. Isn't it interesting that they would even show the grassy knoll? I thought it was really wild, except that when they panned up there, you could see the guy with the thing pointed over the barricade, mm -hmm. and you could see smoke come out of it. Well, be sure next time, right. next time Jim Mars is on, try to get in and, and ask him about that. Okay, now I've got two separate conspiracy theories here that you might want to take a look at. The first one, you'll notice that uh, the two Kennedys died. One of them refused to pardon Billy Saul Estes, and he died. The other one was the one that put Billy Saul in jail, and he died. 
And shortly after uh, Johnson was sworn in, the first thing he did officially was uh, pardon Billy Saul Estes. Mm-hmm. That has to make you wonder a little bit. And right around the time of the uh, Warren Commission, do you remember the impeach Earl Warren signs that were on billboards all over the country? Sure. The John Burt Society. You bet. You notice that the day after the whitewash came out that those signs disappeared, there wasn't one left. Hmm. So it may it this is a lot more complicated than it looks. You mean Robert Welch was in on it? I have no idea who was in on it. I still think the timing of those signs disappearing was suspicious. Interesting. I had him on my show in Milwaukee, by the way. Well, I told you I'd stir up trouble when I called. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dick. Thank you very much. Robert Welch, the founder of the John Birch Society, came on my show when I was still a liberal, before I'd been mugged and became a conservative. <laughs> he was all right. He was a, a fine gentleman. 1-800-878-8255. We suddenly have two lines blank, and I don't know why. You may call from wherever you are, my fellow Americans, and tell me why Dan Rather improved his credibility on the Kennedy assassination tonight with his program 48 Hours. And if you can't, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We're basically in open phones, but we have been discussing that because that was of paramount importance to me tonight. And being the benevolent dictator that I am, I got up on my soapbox and told you what I felt, right? Let me tell you about something else that I feel strongly about, and that is Pine Plus. Now, my wife uses this around the house, and she loves it. She says that it gets things clean, everything clean, and that it doesn't leave a soapy film anyplace, and the place smells so good after she uses Pine Plus, and she is slowly getting rid of all of those other things that she's been using because she's realizing, as you will realize with Pine Plus, that it cleans everything, and it's the best pine oil product today. 32% pine oil in every bottle. And that means everything will get cleaner and smelling better around the whole house. The kitchen, the bathroom, the floors, the woodwork, everything. There's a lady in Brandon, Mississippi, who's typical. She uses one tablespoon of Pine Plus for each quart of water for her cleaning chores. That's why Pine Plus lasts longer than the other pine cleaning products. And get this, Pine Plus is less expensive. There's a lady in Indiana who discovered that Pine Plus is the perfect answer to the smelly diaper pail. An auto mechanic in Washington State has a bottle of Pine Plus handy at all times because he says it works better than anything else for the cleanup. Pine Plus is available at your nearby Kmart store. And if your favorite grocery store doesn't have it, ask them to get it. Pine Plus, P-L-U-S. For all your cleaning needs and some things you probably haven't even thought of, get Pine Plus. Made by Coal Products, Jackson, Mississippi. Truth Serum for Everybody. E. Howard Hunt, Frank Sturgis, Richard Helms, Ray Klein. Let's see who else. Who's that general I can't think of that uh, Finn Jones used to like to blame the Kennedy assassination on? Some general, some right wing general, not Walker. Somebody with uh, the National Security Agency. What was his name? I think it was Air Force. Oh, boy. I wish I had my copy of Crossfire here. Lori's reading it right now. I'd uh, thumb through the index. 
Graham, a General Graham, I believe. I think so. Does anybody know if there was a General Graham who was with the National Security uh, Agency, big spy-type guy who uh, was there in the 60s? He's another one. Uh, I'm the only person probably in the world who has ever looked a guy in the eye uh, live on the radio. Uh, looked a guy right in the eye, and this happened in Tampa over at uh, WDAE when I had my show there back in the mid-70s. I looked a guy right in the eye, and I said, Did you kill Jack Kennedy? And I was serious about it. And this was a former CIA uh, guy who led the Bay of Pigs invasion. And his name was Grayston Lynch, and he still lives here in Tampa. And he scoffed and said, uh, certainly not. It's ridiculous. Same kind of thing Richard Helms would say, right? Then I said, Gray, are you acquainted with anybody, or do you know anybody who could have killed Jack Kennedy? And he said, yeah, sure. Because you have all these anti-Castro Cubans down there who became anti-Kennedy Cubans after the failure of the Bay of Pigs, and Gray was very, very, very close to all of them. One of them was a fellow by the name of Rolando Martinez, or Eugenio Martinez, who later was convicted of the Watergate break-in, and also the break-in of uh, a certain psychiatrist's office out in Beverly Hills under the uh, directorship of E. Howard Hunt and Frank Sturgis. Martinez is a very delightful person, by the way. But I also asked him the question whether or not he killed Jack Kennedy or anybody who killed Jack Kennedy, and he denied that. Plausible deniability, right? As most uh, CIA contract people uh, do. Uh, Gordon is in Tacoma, Washington. How you doing, Gordon? Oh, pretty well. I'm glad to hear you trying to make some progress in this uh, Kennedy situation. But uh, I've listened to several different programs on it. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever going to get the results. Anyway, my problem tonight is uh, a major problem in our country, I think, and I wondered maybe if you'd be interested in it. What's that, Gordon? Not too long ago, near here, a uh, young lady who was working nights uh, at a little store was shot and killed. Mm -hmm. And they caught up with a fellow who did it, and uh, uh, because he's fairly young, they uh, finally convicted him, but wouldn't let him go or anything. They sentenced him to a life imprisonment without any possibility of uh, parole or, or anything. Mm -hmm. And this means that uh, as long as he lives, it's going to cost the people about $22,000 a year to uh, keep him going, keep him going. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, this is just one of many, many, many things that have been happening in our own state and all over the country. These criminals are convicted of something or hauled in for something and sent to prison for a while. Then they let out, and then they get back in and do the same thing all over again. Okay, hold on, Gordon. Hold on. We'll be right back on the major program. Don't go away. Radio Network, Talk Radio for America. 
Okay, our toll-free number here, where we have a couple of lines which have become available, is 1-800-878-8255, or 1-800-878-TALK, T-A-L-K. Okay? Another thing you might want to discuss is, uh, I believe it was Peter Jennings this evening on the ABC Nightly News, but I could be uh, wrong. It might have been somebody else. Uh, no, it was Jennings. ABC did a good report on pork barrel legislation. And the fact that uh, there are some six or seven billion dollars in the new defense budget that the Pentagon doesn't want. Now, Pentagon doesn't want it. But local congressmen do, like uh, this congressman up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, who got a uh, a nice little uh, uh, chunk of money included in the budget. And for the most part, this stuff doesn't go through the uh, usual process in the House. It doesn't go through the uh, House Armed Services Committee, this uh, pork barrel stuff. So that was really interesting. I mean, if the Pentagon doesn't want it, and the military says they don't need it, why do congressmen think they have a right to shove this stuff down people's throats? Well, they do that because this uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania congressman is an old guy, and he's probably been in there for 50 years, and there's probably nobody that can touch him with a 10-foot pole. Nobody will run against the guy. And that's the way this happens. All right? That's our system. That's why Stan says we need term limitations. Then this kind of thing doesn't happen. Either uh, I'll, give, I'll give the congressman from Scranton his choice. I'll give him a choice. Okay, let's see which he'll take. Which do you think he'll take? I'll give him a choice between term limitation, which means that he would only get, uh, let's say, two more terms because he's been in there for a long time, or we'll give the president line item veto. Which one do you think the congressman would take? I'll bet he'd take the job security. What do you want to bet? <laughs> I want to stay in there forever. Okay, uh, Craig is in Seattle on a uh, cellular phone. How are you doing, Craig? Pretty good yourself, Stan. I'm doing great. I'm still awake, Craig. Yeah, I am too, barely. I talked to you, oh, I guess about two weeks ago about the Kennedy thing, and uh, I don't know if you'll recall, I was the one you said at the end of our conversation you thought I was going into a tunnel because the phone got a little scratchy. Oh, sure, I remember that. Yeah, anyway, I wasn't going into a tunnel. I just got into a bad area. And anyway, what I called about tonight was I, I just turned the radio on a couple of minutes ago and was hearing you talking about the 48 Hours Report. I didn't get to see it. I was a bit of death in my family, and I was involved tonight with family because of that. So I didn't get to see it. I'm wondering if I can get a little bit of about it out of you. Sure, Craig. What would I, you like to know? Well, just basically what did they, what they on, do or interesting, because I didn't hear any of it. On a scale of 1 to 10, uh, Dan Rather started to clean up his act a little bit, but not too much, okay? Did get rid of the sweater? Uh, no, <laughs> no, he didn't do that. But... Uh, I would say that they realize that the polls are against them and they have a real credibility uh, problem, and therefore they couldn't do their usual hatchet job uh, telling us the magic bullet theory was fact. Yeah, they, he did that before, didn't he? Two or three I mean, times. Yeah. Two or three times. Yeah. 
But he did have nerve enough to ask Oliver Stone why Stone and other critics feel that he and CBS are part of the conspiracy. Oh. <laughs> you like that? That's good. That's, that's almost as good as the letter. And so Stone's reply was, because you haven't investigated it and come up with anything. And so that makes you an un, unwit, uh, un, unwitting conspirator. I'm paraphrasing everything. Yeah, right? yeah. But the most interesting thing was Richard Helms being caught off guard because Richard Schlesinger asked him why, uh, if, if they investigated Lee Oswald, and he said, yeah, we started looking into Lee Oswald right away, and then uh, Schlesinger said, why? And that kind of caught Helms off guard, and Helms had to think about it for a while before he came up with a, with a phony answer. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, I think... I said a couple of weeks ago, I'm repeating myself, I'm not boring the guests that heard that show, but uh, that movie, I agree with his theory or not, sure got to make you think, and, and, and it seems to be doing it. Go, go, rent, in. go rent a copy of Executive Action. I saw that uh, when it came out years ago. I, I've been thinking about renting it, looking at it again, because it has been a number of years. Get it again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're breaking up. Yeah, I'm, we'll I'm, see you later. Okay, Sam, thanks. Good luck to you. Bye-bye. Jim is in Boise, Idaho. How you doing, Jim? Doing good, Stan. And uh, my comment on this, they're opening the Warren Commission records, uh, but that does not go far enough. The CIA budget must be open, say, for 1962, 3, and 4, and uh, auditors go through it looking for about the expenditure of $500,000 million on the, basically an operation that was put together to uh, uh, shoot JFK. Now, do you think that kind of information would still be in a computer? I don't know. It may not. It, may, it might be. It might not. I'll bet it, all of that is gone, Jim. You bet. I'll it's bet. Like to get rid of it. I'll bet it's all gone. I'll bet it's disappeared. Uh, did they have, have it in computers then? Yeah, well, that's true. They, we don't know. So... And my recollection is uh, community... Then it made it into the shredder. <laughs> Could be. Gee, the budget for 1963 is missing from the CIA, friend. Oh, it is? Well, I'm just... <laughs> Are you uh, serious? No, I'm putting my tongue in my cheek. Well, Golly, we can't find it. Shucks. You know... That's... Well, I, uh, if a congressman will start calling for this... You, uh, we are going to think we're in a slaughterhouse on the day they uh, uh, kill pigs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jim. Uh, second comment I have. Mm -hmm. Jack O'Connor lived out here in Idaho for a number of years. I assume you know who who he, who he was. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the his gun editor, I think, of Sports Field, mm -hmm. and one of the best rifle shots in the world. Uh huh. He took a Manleaker Carcano uh, rifle out uh, shortly and, and in very good shape, the rifle was, and tried to get off three shots with it in six seconds. Mm -hmm. He tried to do it several times. And he wasn't able to do it. <laughs> well, now Dan Rather says it's easy. Oh, well. Says uh, two or three guys were able to do it. With a loose sight. Yeah, right. On a moving target. Right. Way. Sure. Well, that's that's uh, of course the 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 only way the Warren Commission did it was with a with a target that was sitting still. True. Uh, 
Uh, Jack was trying to do it with a still target also. Yeah. Pretty incredible. All right, Jim, thank you. Thanks. Bye. 1-800-878-8255. You don't necessarily have to discuss 48 hours with Dan Rather tonight. We've had a pretty good uh, run here, haven't we, Paul? We've been talking about this since midnight, so I got up on my soapbox a little bit. Uh, I hope it didn't bore you to death. We are basically in open phones, whatever you'd like to discuss. The phone number is available. And uh, we are at uh, 1-800-878-8255. In fact, a couple of you can get through right now if you'd like to call in. 1-800-878-8255. If you're listening to this program over the weekend, ignore the reference to the phone number. All right? Very difficult to get through to a tape. This is the best of Stan Major if you're listening to us over the weekend. I want you to write down another telephone number, and this is for advertising on this program. Now, if your company is national, if it does business nationally, or if you have a product that needs to be sold, we have advertising time available here on the Stan Major program. I've got your attention, right? Right. That means for your advertisement, I'd have a lot of folks' attention. Now, if you're interested in advertising on this program, all you have to do is call me. I'm going to give you the business number where you can reach me during the day. If I'm not in, please leave a message and I will get back to you. So let me uh, give you a personal invitation to join the likes of uh, Time, Life, The Wall Street Journal, Standard & Poor's, Sears, Sports Illustrated, Pine Plus, Barron's, and others. And advertise on this show. We have the lowest spot rate in network radio. 60 stations, a lot of people from coast to coast. And your message will be heard. Here's the number. Do not call it now. This is a business number that operates between 9 and 5 Eastern Time. 813-572-9209. 813-572-9209. Leave a message for me personally and I'll get back to you. Uh, John's in Tampa. How you doing, John? Good, Sam. <clears throat> Two quick questions. Um, Robert Kennedy, after the assassination, didn't he have any, um, I don't know, knowledge of anything, any type of conspiracy? That's the first question. And second, Jack Ruby, I mean, what happened to him? He was put in the jail, he got cancer, he died. Didn't they get any good questioning out of him, or what? Okay, in answer to your first question, and that's a good one about Robert Kennedy. Why didn't Robert Kennedy, when he was Attorney General after his brother's death, uh, have a an independent investigation and try to get down to the uh, the real facts? Uh, I don't have easy answer for that. I can I can tell you I can give you an opinion. I can tell you that at the time. Uh, Kennedy was uh, Robert Kennedy and the Kennedy family were were so distraught and decimated by what happened that at the time they didn't believe that uh, that uh, anything that they could do or should do or would do would be a benefit to them or the country. And he is quoted as telling some uh, insiders that uh, the only way he was going to get to the bottom of what really happened to his brother is if he became president. Which may explain why he um, <clears throat> sort of met the same fate. The other question had to do with what? Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. I yeah. mean, he, you know, he shot Oswald, yeah. and then 
then they question him. Did they get anything out of him? My theory is Jack Ruby knew he was dying before he shot Oswald, uh-huh. and uh-huh. that the bomb also knew he was dying, and therefore he was a sacrificial lamb. But was there any questioning? Anything? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, uh, the wonderful Warren Commission, uh, Earl Warren, and a couple other people came down. And they questioned Jack Ruby, and the one thing Ruby said was, uh, you've got to get me out of Dallas. I won't talk to you. I'll talk to you in Washington, D.C. I'll tell you everything, but I'm not going to tell you anything here in Dallas. You've got to get me out of Dallas. I think Ruby was losing it at about that time. Now, Dorothy Kilgallen had the only one-on-one reporter interview with Ruby, and she died a few months later, and uh, her notes uh, mysteriously disappeared. How long did he live in jail? After he... I don't really know. He was actually tried and oh, convicted. Yeah, he was on appeal. Oh, I didn't, I didn't actually know that I got that far. I think so. Okay, Sam. Good to talk to you. Thank you. We're going to take a break here, and we'll be right back on the major program. Lines are available. Good time to call in. 1-800-878-8255. 1-800-878-TALK. That is toll-free from wherever you may be. What happened to Lake Charles, Louisiana? We haven't had a call from them for a long time. Anybody over there in Louisiana listening? Gus Payne's still carrying our our program over there. Has he got his satellite dish straightened out? Let's hear from you over in Lake Charles. By the way, congratulations to the folks of Northern Exposure. Even in a rerun, they did pretty good. And they were following reruns in front of them of Murphy Brown and uh, what's that other program, Major Dad, whatever that is. I don't know. Is that on the same network? Let's see. Uh, Northern Exposure was a rerun. Murphy Brown was a rerun. And Major Dad was a rerun. And still Northern Exposure came in with, uh, seven t- uh, with a 21 share, which is pretty good. Uh, 28th last week. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Uh, let's go to uh, Richard in Clearwater. How you doing, Rich? Pretty good, Sam. How about you? Great. It's been a couple weeks since I called you. I haven't been staying up late enough. Okay. But uh, well, I've got an agenda tonight, Stan. I, I, I got a soapbox and I'm standing on it in my living room. <laughs> Uh, give me, give me your your impression, your your imitation of Rush Limbaugh. Oh boy! Get up on that soapbox. <laughs> oh, I think I'd break it. Okay, yeah, that could be true. <laughs> All right, and I don't think he'd object to me saying that. But uh, what I think is, I, I've seen a lot of a lot of whistleblowers come forward. Yeah, you, you, I've told you before that I work with the Citizens Commission on Human Rights. Yep. And we got we got people who are coming forward, I hear about anyway, people that are coming forward uh, complaining about abuses that they, they see going on in, in mental hospitals, in nursing homes, and so on. Mm-hmm. We've got whistleblowers coming forward who are making legitimate complaints about things that they see are wrong or violations of law. And then what happens is a lot of times they get, they're just fired out of hand the, uh, or they're silenced by some court order or something, Uh, the uh, accusations get swept under the rug, and uh, it's not just in this uh, particular little section of of industry or government, but it's it's something I've seen awfully widespread, and like, even you can get to the IRS, uh, government waste in government, uh, local, federal, state, county, 
you name it. There can be waste, and, and you can have a whistleblower just about anywhere. Someone who sees something wrong and wants to come out and say, hey, look, this isn't the way it should be. The law says this. And yet they fear that if they say anything, they're going to lose their job. What, what can we do about something like that, Stan? I don't have any idea, but I'm sure you'll take care of it, Richard. No, well, don't you have any ideas? No. All right. Okay. Well, you want to hear mine? Sure. All right. Well, I, I think one thing that we could do is at least make it safe for them to come forward without um, and make, make their accusations and get them heard and, and have the responsible investigative agencies look into it before uh and then at least to give them some kind of, of protection against against reprisals i don't know quite what that would be but i think that there should be some way of doing that uh there's people that worked for the irs and and uh you know complained of of racial discrimination and abuses and they end up getting death threats you know so uh i think that there's there's a real problem here but it's pretty widespread and i don't think i have all the answers but i'd like to hear you know if anybody else does Okay, thank you, Richard. Let's go to John in Jacksonville, Oregon. How you doing, John? Uh, pretty good, Stan. How are you doing tonight? Great. Yeah, I was, um, I was interested in your topic tonight about the assassination. I, I just tuned in, so if I'm covering any ground that anybody's already talked about, I apologize for that. Uh, I, was, I, I don't really have an idea about who assassinated Mr. Kennedy, but... I, I do have an opinion about the CIA. I, uh, I held a um, security clearance and the cryptologic technician, so I know a little about it, the intelligence community. And I heard a story about the CIA. And historically, you'll have to clarify for me if I'm wrong on this, okay? Mm -hmm. But before World War II, uh, the American people didn't want to go into war. It was like there were uh, protests and protest marches and whatnot that the American people really weren't interested in going to Europe at that time. So it was the British intelligence agencies tasked to convince the American people to do that. Right. Uh, they So they took it upon themselves to do that by framing different congressmen promoting the Red Scare, convincing people that there really was a threat. And because of their actions were so unscrupulous, they were going to be deported. But before they were deported, Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. And so the picture of things changed. And so the gentlemen that were being deported stayed on. And they formed what is now the uh, CIA. Well, they formed the basis of intelligence clique, which uh, the was the OSS, okay? Yes. It was called the Office of Strategic Services, and that was uh, prevalent during World War II. That's right. At the end of World War II, this, uh, the CIA was formed out of the OSS. That's right. But my point is this, that they, in their beginnings, they were formed by someone that we considered should be deported from the United States. Well, the States. reason that the only reason that uh, uh, see the uh, British intelligence came over and set up shop in uh, Rockefeller Plaza in New York, yes. and uh, they were trying. Uh, Winston Churchill was trying desperately to get uh, war material from uh, the United States, and the primary function of the British intelligence people who came over to the United States and set up shop. Uh, was to, with the cooperation, by the way, I believe, of, of uh, J. Edgar Hoover, yes. 
was to convince Roosevelt to do everything he could to try to get uh, planes for them and, and other military weapons and things that they just couldn't get their hands on because they thought that they were going to be invaded any minute by Adolf Hitler and, and by uh, uh, the German uh, military. Uh, when it was discovered that they were indeed operating on American soil and doing this, uh, the clique of uh, members of, of Congress and the Senate, who were the uh, uh, isolationist clique, uh, right. uh, brought, brought the issue to the fore. And they were in the process, I believe, of trying to make these people go back. Uh, you, could, you can't deport a non-American, okay? You can right. deport... Uh, deportation's not the proper word here. No, uh, just uh, force them to go back or to go to Canada, mm -hmm. all right? Because Canada at that time was still uh, part of the British Empire. That's right. So now you got the historical perspective. Now you got about a minute to make your point. Okay, my point is that uh, I, I believe the CIA is is uh, is similar to the KGB. And we consider them unscrupulous, and to see any organization... That but you can tour the KGB. You can't tour the CIA, can. okay? Now you can. That's yeah. right. Their doors are open now, but the CIAs are not. Well, let's open up the doors of the CIA. Let's let some fresh air breathe, uh, uh, blow through the CIA and Langley, and let's cut their budget. Let, let, I would think we'd be able to cut their budget about uh, three-quarters, okay? We're out of time. Thank you very much. We'll be back.